So all of Yellowstone used to be a volcano. In fact, we're in the caldera, the, like the basin of the volcano, it goes 45 miles wide. There's still lava or magma about three miles under the surface here. So the snow melt and all the groundwater seeps down, hits the lava, it heats up, and the steam comes up through and breaks out through these vents and these geysers and the hot pools. It's, it's something else. Like I've never seen anything like this. It's really cool. My name is Shauna and this is the American English Podcast. My goal here is to teach you the English spoken in the United States. Through common expressions, pronunciation tips, and interesting cultural snippets or stories, I hope to keep this fun, useful, and interesting. Let's do it. Hi everyone! Welcome back to episode number 63. I hope that you're all doing well. I'm really looking forward to today's episode, which is going to be all about Yellowstone National Park. The audio you heard in the beginning came from a YouTube channel called Perfect Little Planet in a video titled Top Things to See at Yellowstone National Park. I'll be sure to provide the link to that within the transcript. I'd like to give a big shout out to one of my dedicated listeners, Julian, who lives in Quebec and works at a national park there called Haute-Gorge de la Rivière Malbay. And I probably butchered that name, but I will write the name within the episode description. And he is the captain of a riverboat at that park and helps visitors get to know the ancient Glacier Valley. Thanks again to Julian for recommending this topic. I guarantee that a good portion of the listeners, including myself, We'll be booking trips to Yellowstone after hearing about the insane geographical phenomena and cultural activities that can be done there. Before we get to the fun fact today, as always with these expression episodes, I'll start with a joke, an expression, and some pronunciation exercises. The joke for today, though, is actually just a simple pun, but I like the wordplay and I want to see if you understand it. Ready? An old man's son asked him how his hiking trip went. The old man responded, Getting to the top of the hill was great fun, but it was all downhill from there. Get it? <laughs> when you go on a hike in the mountains, you begin by going uphill. You make your ascent up the mountain. Once you make it to the summit or peak of the mountain, you need to go downhill to return to your starting point. To go downhill doesn't only mean to make a descent, though. When something goes downhill, it means it continually gets worse. Once again, the old man said, getting to the top of the hill was great fun, but it was all downhill from there. <laughs> so we get the idea that this old man had a lot of energy in the beginning while he was going uphill, but maybe while he was going downhill, he lost his energy. Maybe his knees started to hurt. He got a lot of mosquito bites. I don't know. All we know is it went downhill, both literally and figuratively. That got continually worse. Let's go ahead and move on to the expression of the day, which is take a hike. We'll go through the individual words first, and then I'll show you how to use it in different contexts. 
To take is a verb that is often used to mean to remove something from a specific spot. However, to take is also common when talking about different types of travel. For example, we take vacations, we take trips overseas, we take cruises, we take boat, train, and gondola tours. A is an indefinite article. I want a scoop of ice cream, please. One scoop. Any flavor will do. And hike is a trek. It's an intense walk, usually across a long distance. In English, we go on hikes or we go hiking. And often people go hiking on hiking trails in the wilderness, up mountains in the forest, or through meadows. The best hike I ever went on was in Murano, Italy at sunset. Now, speaking of the expression, when you tell someone to take a hike, it means that you really want them to go away. It's like saying, get lost, get out of here, scram, your presence is not welcome here, leave. As you can probably tell, it's rude and even corny to say take a hike to someone's face. As my dad says, these are fighting words. However, this expression is common. In most cases, we don't say it directly to someone. We use it when retelling a story or talking about a situation when we want someone to leave us alone. For example, I might say, man, that guy was so annoying. I wanted to tell him to take a hike. In other words, I wanted to tell him to leave me alone, scram, shoo, get out of here. I wanted to tell him to take a hike, but I didn't actually tell it to him. <laughs> anyway, let me give you a few other examples to show how we would use this in everyday situations. Pay attention. In all of these examples, we use take a hike when describing that desire to have someone leave, but it's never actually said directly to someone's face. Example number one, when I was in high school, a video went viral on SNL on Saturday Night Live and on YouTube called Can I Get Your Number? In the skit, there's a cute teenage girl sitting peacefully inside of a movie theater waiting for previews to begin. That's when a guy walks in, sees her sitting alone, and approaches her. He's very interested in her, but for her, that feeling is not mutual. He hits on her, moves closer to her seat, and keeps asking for her number, even though she keeps refusing. At one point, the guy is so annoyingly persistent, you wonder why she doesn't tell him to take a hike. In other words, you wonder why she doesn't tell him to get lost, leave, get out of there. Instead, she just keeps changing seats. Check that video out, by the way. It's absolutely hilarious. Example number two. Imagine you're at home and just sit down to a warm dinner when the doorbell rings. When you open it up, you immediately regret your decision. A saleswoman is there and insists that you need her new top-of-the-line vacuum cleaner. When you tell her that you have a good vacuum cleaner already, she doesn't seem to be listening. When you tell her you're in the middle of dinner, she tunes you out and starts listing off all of the features of the vacuum. Naturally, you're annoyed because this woman won't take no for an answer. You really just want to tell her, take a hike, you know, get out of here, get lost, scram, woman. 
Or as my mom says, go take a long walk off a short pier. (laughs) But instead, you might just say, hey, thank you, but no thank you, and shut the door, right? (laughs) Example number three, imagine you're having a heated debate with a group of friends when a stranger steps into this conversation and starts criticizing everything you say. You'd probably get really annoyed, right? In your frustration, you might say, hey, buddy, who are you and who invited you to this conversation? You don't explicitly say it, but your message is clear. You want him to leave. And if he does, your friends will probably say, wow, I can't believe you told that guy to take a hike. In other words, I can't believe you told that guy to get out of here, to leave. That's it for the examples. Once again, this expression is commonly used to describe situations in which we really want someone to leave. Let's move on to pronunciation exercises. We'll use the statement, take a hike, buddy. Repeat after me, take. Take a. Take a hike. Take a hike, buddy. Take a hike buddy. And the conjugation, I told them to take a hike. You told them to take a hike. She told them to take a hike. He told them to take a hike. It told them to take a hike. We told them to take a hike. They told them to take a hike. It's time for the fun fact of the day, and today we'll be talking about Yellowstone and its surroundings. What comes to mind when you think of the United States? Do you think of the skyscrapers of Manhattan and the crowded streets covered in bright yellow cabs? What about theme parks and cheap shopping trips to the outlets, followed by burgers and fries at Shake Shack? For many nature lovers, an entirely different image might come to mind when thinking about the United States. With over 400 national parks, the U.S. is a great destination for nature, or simply if you love beautiful scenery. A road trip to the national parks in the U.S. wouldn't be complete, though, without a stop at Yellowstone National Park, which is not only the first national park in the United States, but the largest in the lower 48 states. The 3,468-square-mile park stretches over three states, Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho, and is surrounded by snow-capped mountain peaks, grassy meadows, rocky canyons, and alpine lakes. Historically speaking, Yellowstone used to be covered in glaciers. Before the Pinedale glaciation period, which occurred 12 to 14,000 years ago, It was inhabited by many hunter-gatherer type people. Hunter-gatherers is a term we use to describe nomadic people from the past who, like their name, hunted wild animals and gathered fruits, nuts, and whatever food they could forage. According to Lonely Planet, 
Back then, these hunter-gatherers used spears to hunt the bear-sized beavers, enormous camels, giant moose, 20-foot-tall bison, and mastodons that shared their land. Nowadays, hunting is prohibited in Yellowstone, but the obsidian used to make these spears can still be found at Obsidian Mountain. Let's flash forward to modern history. By the 1800s, what is now Yellowstone and its surrounding area was inhabited by four different Native American tribes. The first white men to come to the area were French fur trappers who were in search of beavers for their pelts. A pelt is the skin of an animal with its fur attached. And at that time, beaver pelts were highly profitable. They were actually referred to as hairy dollars. These French fur trappers named the mountain range just south of Yellowstone Les Trois-Tetons because in their eyes, these mountains looked like three giant breasts. Teton apparently means breasts or teats in French. Anyway, after the U.S. acquired much of Wyoming and Montana through the Louisiana Purchase in 1803, the name stuck around. Today, we call the mountain range the Tetons, and it boasts 200 miles of scenic, well-maintained hiking trails, crystal clear alpine lakes like the String Lakes, and campsites, making it like a must-see stop on your way to Yellowstone. What makes Yellowstone so special? Why was it the first national park in the U.S.? Well, the park is situated right above the Yellowstone caldera, which is a super volcano. Fortunately for all of us, the volcano is considered dormant. It's sleeping. It's actually only erupted a few times in the last two million years. However, it's thanks to the magma sitting just three to five miles under the ground surface in some areas that visitors can see an estimated 18,000 hydrothermal active features there. Hydro, of course, is a prefix that means related to water, and thermal means related to heat. The reason for the existence of these hydrothermal features is quite simple. There's a lot of water and there's a lot of heat. In wintertime, Yellowstone is covered in a thick layer of snow and melts to become groundwater. When magma heats that groundwater to boiling hot temperatures, the water and steam searches for an outlet. One way it's released is through hot springs or pools of water called paint pots. You may have seen these iconic hot springs of Yellowstone before. Some are light crystal clear blue, others are yellow and orange, and others look like rainbows in the Grand Prismatic Spring, the Rainbow Spring, and the Morning Glory Spring. The unique colors of these 50-odd hot springs there come from the thousands of microorganisms and algae that live within them. As a visitor at the park, you can also check out mud pots that bubble and shoot mud, fumaroles that blast steam, and geysers that explode periodically and shoot boiling hot water into the sky. Sounds like something from Jurassic Park, right? Yellowstone is home to more than half of the world's geysers. 
Old Faithful, which is the most visited geyser at the park, erupts every 90 minutes and shoots water 90 to 184 feet into the air for up to five minutes at a time. The important thing, though, is to stay on the marked walking paths that the park has made for visitors. Over 20 people have died in the past, and even more have gotten third-degree burns from exposure to hot springs and geyser water. Even though it may look enticing, water temperatures can reach up to 250 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 121 degrees Celsius. Crazy, huh? There's much more to see in Yellowstone than these natural phenomena. First of all, the wildlife. You might even want to pick up a pair of binoculars before your visit because Yellowstone has a higher concentration of wild animals than anywhere else in the U.S. You might spot grizzly bears and gray wolves, wild bison herds, eagles, moose, bighorn sheep, and horses. Lots of other things, too. The Lamar Valley is one of the best places to see these animals in their natural habitat. There's also the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and what's called Artist Point that may be a place that's worth a visit. Unlike the famous Grand Canyon of Arizona, whose rocks are red, the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone contains yellow sandstone, a result of chemically altered iron in the rock. At the far end of the 24-mile canyon, which is the product of faulting and erosion, there's a giant picture-perfect waterfall. You can get a great view of it and pictures from a place called Inspiration Point. Also in Yellowstone, there's a fossil forest. Fossils are rocks with remains or just imprints of prehistoric organisms in them. What's cool about this fossil forest is that the rocks are former trees. Due to volcanic activity in the past, trees were turned into rocks in the standing position and even appear to be growing out from the sides of hills in some places. Some visitors say they look like columns left over from a temple that was destroyed. Apart from the things you can see in Yellowstone, let's talk about some activities you can do in and around it. If you're an adventurous type, get ready. Yellowstone is a new place to add to your bucket list. You can go whitewater rafting or rent a canoe, a kayak, or a paddleboard and make your way along the pristine waters of Yellowstone Lake. There are also places you can go horseback riding and over 900 miles of hiking trails that range in difficulty so that people of all ages can take advantage. Only 1% of visitors in Yellowstone actually wander off the beaten path and hike in the backcountry, likely due to fear of animal attacks. It's worth noting, though, that there are not as many animal attacks as you may think, despite having such a high concentration of wild animals. Out of 4 million visitors that come to the park every year, only a few people are attacked by animals, such as bison, elk, or grizzly bears. It might sound like your worst nightmare having an 8-foot-tall grizzly bear maul you, but grizzly attacks only occur in 1 out of 2.7 million visitors, 
according to NPS. Those who were attacked often got too close to the animal or just did not follow the guidelines about animal safety when backcountry hiking. So read up if you want to be in that 1% of people who hike off the trails. A better way for many to get a quintessential Yellowstone experience is to sleep under the stars. Camping options in Yellowstone are abundant. There are a lot of them. And plenty of campsites are equipped for the less outdoorsy type of people, offering showers and bathrooms with working toilets so you don't need to pop a squat in some poison ivy. (laughs) To pop a squat means to go to the bathroom squatting or in the kind of like bent position. Anyway, what better way to top off a day of adventure than pitching a tent and roasting marshmallows over a campfire? After all, a traditional camping experience in the U.S. is definitely not complete without s'mores. Culturally speaking, Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana are three states known for their role in the Wild West. You just might need to watch some Western films with cowboys and Indians before you take a trip. Maybe one with Buffalo Bill Cody or Bonnie and Clyde. If you're into the Wild West or just the history of cowboys and Indians, you can stay at a dude ranch. They're all over the place. A dude ranch is a place, an accommodation sort of, that offers a traditional Western experience for visitors. You can ride horses, sing by campfires with other visitors, and have meals prepared for you, like nice big pancake breakfast and a lunch of beans and elk burgers, you know, all that jazz. There are plenty of dude ranches near Cody, Wyoming, and up into Montana, and they're all a little bit different. Some are big and give space to about 100 guests at a time. Others are small and personal. There are even some luxury dude ranches too, which sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, that are less rustic and offer meals by cordon bleu trained chefs. At all of them though, you're likely to connect with the owners and the other guests. Nearby in Cody, Wyoming, you can also go to old saloons, check out rodeos, calf roping, and see staged gunfights. Remember, a saloon is a style of bar in the Wild West. A salon is where you get your hair done. Important pronunciation difference. There are also powwows hosted by Native Americans that you can go to as well if that's your jam. A powwow is a gathering and sort of a cultural ceremony in Native American cultures with dancing, singing, and eating. If that's not enough to do on one trip, just east of Yellowstone, you can visit Legend Rock, which has over 283 petroglyphs in sandstone. A petroglyph is a prehistoric rock carving. The nearby Medicine Lodge State Archaeological Site is another scenic place to sit next to a river, have a picnic, and look at a few carvings in massive orange rocks. Although you can visit Yellowstone year-round, if you're not looking to ski, snowboard, or snowshoe, especially in Jackson Hole, the best time to travel in good weather might be between May and October. High season is from June to August, and crowds of tourists are inevitable. 
So book your stay in advance, be at the trailheads early, 8 a.m., and pack enough bug repellent to avoid ticks. Beartooth Highway to get into Yellowstone from Montana is usually open during that time too. That is, if there's no snow. Beartooth Highway is often called the most scenic road in America. It sits at almost 11,000 feet above sea level, is packed with switchbacks and breathtaking views of nature and three of the national forests in Wyoming and Montana. So let's wrap this up. On March 1st, 1872, the United States established Yellowstone National Park as the first national park in the world. Doing so was a groundbreaking achievement for the U.S. In 1916, President Woodrow Wilson created NPS, a name I mentioned a few times in this episode, uh, which is the National Park Service, which exists to provide park enjoyment to the public while conserving and protecting nature and animals within the park for future generations. NPS employs around 780 individuals at Yellowstone, and they collect money from visitors through park entry and campsites to support the infrastructure and maintenance of the park, such as renovations to campsites, building bridges, keeping hiking trails intact, and public areas, of course, nice. They also coordinate amazing programs for young children to learn about science and nature. Yellowstone is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. If you're interested in checking out Yellowstone National Park, or you're interested in working there as a volunteer, I'll post the link to the NPS website on the episode webpage. If you're interested in getting the transcript for this episode, which also contains links to some of the exciting places I mentioned, be sure to sign up to premium content at AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. That's it for today's episode. And until next time, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the American English Podcast. Remember, it's my goal here to not only help you improve your listening comprehension, but to show you how to speak like someone from the States. If you want to receive the full transcript for this episode, or you just want to support this podcast, make sure to sign up to premium content on AmericanEnglishPodcast.com. Thanks and hope to see you soon.